Well, hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you today? Good, how are you? Not bad at all. We just finished <laughs> off a fantastic... Fantastic F1 race. One of the best F1 races I have seen in a while. That's the uh, the small delay on the going live here today, but... Whew, man, if a spoiler alert, if, if you haven't, if you recorded it and you're wanting to watch it, turn away right now, come back yeah. in about five minutes, because we're going to talk some F1 here. Yep. <clears throat> wow. We'll, we'll give them just a few seconds to, to, to go away. Well, Ashley's cooking. Yep. And we got www.bwsports1.com. Check us all out over there. And that is the, uh, all the for all the... Hap, hap, happenings. You got that right. That's With everything going on, uh... New show started last weekend, wasn't it? Two weekends. Two weeks. Super kicking it with Steven. Yep. Uh, be sure to check out uh, our brothers over at uh, Dynasty Bros. Yep, absolutely. You got the bet your ass segment over there. Yep. It's just, it's just we're rolling. We're yeah, rolling yeah. here. Every day but Friday, I think. And Friday, you can catch some pro IndyCar racing over on CWTV. So yeah. you're not missing out too no. much. You're not. So, uh, man, what a fun week this has been here. And... All right, they they should have had time. Yep, real fast. What's up, Ty? What's up, uh, Brooks? <laughs> oh, Daniel? Yeah, I might want to pull that up. But, uh, yeah, so F1 race, most entertaining F1 race I've seen in a while here. And we'll start off by saying two of the big three not getting any points Nothing. Here today. Nothing. Big. Zip. Zero. Big not a hit. Yeah. Speaking of big <laughs> hits, Shaw Leclerc. Oh man, I thought he, he stuffed it. He man. stuffed it in that bear hard. And they said, "Eh, the brakes must have failed." It was like, "Nah, no. dude." And I was talking to Matt Ivan. He's he's runs in the sprints. He's over there in Australia. Yeah. And we were texting. I told you that, and I was like, "Man, once they started that, I was, he, he's way too high up for what his car's got." And I know in his mind, he's thinking, "Oh, I got this. Yeah, I can do this." No, no, that car can't. So uh, he overdrove the absolute rear end out of them yeah yeah just uh literally i mean it was was uh it was parabolica wasn't it yeah comes through parabolica and you just see the car <laughs> and then done he so he loses his back end it yep. snaps back in front right into the tire barrier they red flag it first time we've seen a red flag at monza since i think they said 1995 so not something you often see in uh f1 is that red flag no because uh, you know at first they were talking about oh virtual safety car will come out and then the actual <laughs> safety car come out not the virtual so yeah it was a hard hit um and then vettel his teammate he went out earlier <laughs> for brake failure yeah exactly so not a good day man. for ferrari at all which that seems to be par for the course for them this year they're just they're riding the struggle bus i extremely terribly this year it's uh it's been rough and i i just every week i go back to that nikki lauda comment yeah he's like you can't say that it's a ferrari he's no it's a shit box and that's what it is right yeah now. they're a, they're out to lunch big time uh talk about out to lunch botas was caught sleeping on the start here today. yeah he was snoring somebody <laughs> made him a sandwich he was sitting there getting a snack in for the for the uh, race he was started he was doing there i think he was texting man it's like hello you gotta start dude you got to go but so unfortunate mercedes does end up pulling like a uh a fifth and eighth place so lewis hamilton drives was it eighth or was it seventh I, I don't think he caught Kvyat there. Okay, yeah. So, did he uh, catch Kvyat? I don't remember now. 
And there was no way. And this is what I don't like about. No, he didn't. He was he was trying to catch Ocon. And this is I I am not a a Hamilton hater. I think he's a good driver. These F1 announcers are extreme, man. He's in sixteenth oh. place. Well, he's still twenty some seconds back from the lead. Stop worrying about how far away he is from the leader. Cause yeah, he ain't you're him. you're not catching him. No way. But you know, and that's that's kind of any form of racing sports, whatever you watch. You know, when they have that star, it's no different than a basketball. You're gonna hear him if LeBron's playing. They're gonna talk about LeBron all night. Right. No. So exactly. and that's right. what they're gonna do with Hamilton, and. But, you know, it's funny. My dad and I were talking about yesterday, and Dad's like, you know, there needs to be more parody in F1. There it is. Today. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas, Dad. <laughs> right? And that's what I said to Matt, too. I was like, he was like, what do you think's going to happen today? I was like, I don't know. I just don't want to see Mercedes 1 and 2. I think it's going to happen. But And, man, hey, I got my wish. So, what a fantastic race. Even if you're not an F1 fan, if you are a race fan, check it out. Pierre Gasly literally drives the tires to blisters oh, we were we were talking about because we were watching them they come into the podium his tires were shredded oh yeah i man. mean but he he did everything he needed to do he went out there and you know leading the race and hit his marks and wasn't making any mistakes and hey congratulations right behind him sains is trying to get into that one second that gap to hit the drs and he would get right there but not close enough and it seemed like Gasly, man, he was smooth. He was. And he really was. Sains, he was hopping curbs. You could tell. He was getting loose was, coming off the turns. He was trying a little too hard to catch Gasly up in front there. Excuse me. But just a phenomenal. And in third place, Lance Stroll. Stroll. <laughs> it's like, what? So you have an Alpha Tori, which that's their second one, I believe, which they got their first at Monza. So that's That a, was when it was Toro Rosso. Right, exactly. So, and then you got second place McLaren, third place is Racing Point. Yeah. So, just absolutely phenomenal there. I could have swore it was going to be Mercedes Red Bull. <laughs> well, that's that's usually what it is week in, week out. And you, right. you know, throw in maybe a, a Renault or a, a McLaren or something here and there. But for the most, point, most part, it's been the Mercedes Red Bull show all season. So, you wonder now if this is maybe a little momentum builder. Uh, we've seen McLaren already doing fantastic. We talked yeah. about this. What's your opinion? I mean, everybody's wondering right now, what is going on through Carlos Sainz's mind? Is he just put it on the podium? He looks at his new team for next year. They're sitting back in 20th and 18th. Whoopsie. <laughs> I mean, now, I, I will say this on that. I, I, I don't think Ferrari is going to be a team that's going to continue to struggle. They're, they they don't like to be running where they're running. So they're going to do whatever it takes. They got the two drivers they want now. You got, you know, a young Shaw Leclerc and a young Carlos Sainz. <laughs> it's just in your face when you do that. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, you, you, you have the future right there in your drivers that can, can get you championships, get you results. Now you're going to have to provide them a car that can do it. Absolutely. And... I, I can see what you're saying too. I mean, you're you're running pretty much consistently top five with McLaren week in, week out. Right. I mean, you're up there. You're, you're you got getting, a good you car. You had a couple failures with yep. that exhaust and other things. But I mean, outside of that, when you're on the track, yeah, you're banging it. So yeah. it is. It's uh it's definitely gonna be interesting here to see uh going forward in the F one. That's a hopefully, like I said, it, this is maybe signs for 
that that progression forward. But I think Mercedes Toto doesn't want to do this week in, week out. No. And uh, he's going to come back there. They're going to have a vengeance. You, you can almost bet you're going to get a Mercedes 1-2 the next race. <laughs> then uh, that's a good fact right there, Brandon. <laughs> First time in eight years that one of the big three hasn't been on the podium. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge right there. And, and you could look out and see that Alpha Tori is kind of that uh, – that one off of Red Bull, but still, I mean, it's a completely different car. I mean, obviously, that's that's very apparent in the driving styles and everything like that. But you start to wonder now, does Red Bull kind of maybe think they made the wrong decision in pulling Gasly out of that car and putting Albon in last I, year? I said that last year. I I didn't think that Albon was the, the guy to be in that car or that, you know, it should be Gasly. I, I didn't think Gas. I, I feel like he has improved so much since stepping back into that AlphaTauri. And, and we've talked about that when it happened last year. I think uh, a lot of the pressure's off of him now. You know, when you're when you're at Red Bull, that's that's the top tier team. You know, your it's pressure's on to perform. Right. You, you you know you have a car that can win or be on the podium every week. So if you're not doing that, then the fingers getting pointed at you why why aren't you running better than what you are you have the car to do it right so now i think he can just go to alpha tori you you don't have that pressure he can just go out there and drive mm -hmm. so Absolutely. i think he's more relaxed and and i wouldn't say confident but just comfortable you know but i would like to see him get another shot at you know a red bull or one of the other big teams right because uh you know, I know that seat's already been filled, but you could have put him at McLaren instead of Alonzo. Right. And I'm, you know, you know, I'm an Alonzo fan, but you know, you got him for two years, and I, I really don't see him winning you a championship. No, I think the reasoning behind that was to they've got some young drivers in the Norris. wings, and, and no, I'm saying like uh, Renault. The the reason with that was uh, uh, the Fernando deal. Young drivers in the wing. Maybe have him, which I don't know if he's necessarily going to oh. be the best uh, uh, mentor. Right. But uh, he, he's maybe to kind of progress these drivers, the Ocon, uh, and their their other F2 drivers and, and down the line there. So maybe we see Fernando. But like I said, I don't know if Fernando is one of the uh, drivers that is going to uh, really mentor, if you will. And I messed that up. Fernando's not going to McLaren. He's going to Renault. Right. Uh, who's taking Sainz's seat at McLaren? Sainz at McLaren is Ricardo. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. So, and that, man, I'm, I'm so excited for that. And, and, you know, that's one of those kind of situations, too, where you look at it. And there's been days that Ricardo has outperformed McLaren in that Renault. So, he's starting to get a feel for that Renault. He's starting to get comfortable in there. And... You kind of you, you wonder the same thing. Is he making the right choice? Because now he's going to have to get in this McLaren, going to have to get used to this McLaren. I, I think he is. Team. I think he's making the right choice because, uh, you know, McLaren's developed that car, and they, they have a solid car right now. Right. I mean, and, and, and they have two good drivers in their cars, but they have a solid car for the drivers to go out there and perform, and I can see it only getting better. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see it going backwards, so I think next year when Ricardo gets in it, He's going to get even a little bit better of a car than what they have this year. And, you know, with his performance he's having with Renault right now, going into next season, he's running pretty good at Renault for that team, for right. what it is and where they've been through. And I think he's going to come into McLaren confident and ready to go. And I, I 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Ricardo win in that car next year. It, it would be like it, it, think of him in a McLaren today because it seemed like Renault just didn't have that that full power that the McLaren did. Right. So it would be pretty interesting to uh, kind of look forward and see what we got going there. So 2021 is panning out to be a pretty interesting year come F1. But uh, Yep, and speaking of uh, F1 and teams in 2021 and moving forward, Williams. Yes, today was the the end of an era, and uh, you know I thought it was going to really happen in twenty twenty one, but then they come out and say, nope, the Italian Grand Prix is going to be Claire Williams' last stint here with F one. She's done. Yep. Uh, they they Sir mention uh, uh, finances in the Williams family. I don't think that's the case. I think this new investor said, hey guys, like we'll keep your name. We'll do that. You guys got to go. Like this is this is our team now. Yeah, and and like we were talking during the race, it's it's to the point where it's kind of a a sinking ship right now. Oh yeah. All you're doing is throwing money out the window because your your team's not progressing. You're you're not getting any kind of results. Uh, I mean, if, if I was a driver stepping into F1 and and they're like, okay, we get you a deal with Williams. I would almost rather go run something else than be in a Williams. Yeah. Um, so I hate to say that. And the good point uh, there is McLaren has that Mercedes power next year, not Renault. So oh, yeah. That will that will definitely be a— So I'm uh, saying Ricardo's <laughs> going to have a little bit better of a car next year. Right. So it, that would be—thank you, Jason. That's a good input there. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm very excited, to see, especially Norris. I mean, he's learning a lot this year, I think. We, we saw him in the beginning of the year. He got that first podium got that confidence he's kind of falling back a little taking that second seat but i think that's kind of to his doing right i think he's smart enough to realize man i i could be a top tier driver i just gotta learn yep i i don't want to go out there i can't tear stuff up or i'm gonna lose this top tier seat that i have and i, I think another thing that's going to be beneficial and what's up brad Haldane? <laughs> uh beneficial with ricardo coming to uh, mclaren with norris is we all know ricardo's a character oh yeah and Norris is a character. Oh, yeah. The, the Those two are going to get along good. And, and you know, there's always a, a, a teammate rivalry. Right. But I think theirs will be more of a friendly rivalry. And and I think it's going to be good for that team. I think those two drivers are really going to be good for McLaren. Yep, I would agree with that there. So, yeah, like I said, I can't say it enough. Even if you're not an F1 fan, check out today's race. There was a phenomenal it a was a barn burner race there. Yeah, it really was. So check that out if you're a race fan. You're going to like that race there. We'll move on over to uh, the other form of open wheel. Yep. And what's your opinion? Green, white, checkered? Do they need a red flag it? This is two weekends in a row. Fans are irate. I don't want to kill anybody. So I, I, I am a fan. Like, am I a fan of yellow flag endings? No. But. Am I a fan of these guys living and not going out for a three-lap shootout? And, yeah. And, I mean, it here's, just doesn't make sense. Here's my thing on that. You know, with the Indy race, when they when they red-flagged it like that, when uh, – I don't remember who it was that wrecked that there at the – that hit the tire barrier. Uh, um, uh, Pickett. Pickett. So when he wrecked and he hit the tire barrier, it destroyed that tire barrier. It had it all out of shape and everything like that. You got three laps to go. It's going to take them at least an hour, if not longer, to rebuild that tire barrier right? to where they can safely get back out on the track and race. Why go green-white checker? Why just, you know, it's three laps, red flag it, it's done deal. I mean, it is what it is. 
none of us want to see a race in like that. No. But but you have to be cautious for the safety of the drivers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and, and I mean, people will say, well, they got the aero screen. They, their uh, uh, safety is up. But at the end of the day, I just think even if you start them single file, the the run that you can get. I mean, we we saw. I hate going back to it, but look at the closing rate we saw at Las Vegas. Think of what if they were to do that at Gateway, there would have been guys that would have just shot that gap. And, and I mean, they're going for it in their mind. They don't see a difference between a green white checkered and three laps to the finish. They're just all bunched up now. Yeah. So uh, bunching them up like that, I think, is just a dangerous idea. It is. And I, I think that's where the race, it, it, we've seen people don't like the gimmicks in NASCAR. The, the green-white checker is one of those gimmicks. Yeah, the, I don't. The, the stage racing is yeah. one of those gimmicks. Do you want IndyCar to go that route? If no. you do, then yes, let's put a green-white checker in. Let's put stage racing. But that's not no. That's not where I see it. That's nope. not what I think is is really a uh, uh, a good idea, if you will. So I, I, I like the if the race is 500 miles, you run 500 miles. At that point, IndyCar drivers need to know, hey, Within 12 laps, something could happen. I need to put myself in position to be in front if that happens. So for those last 12 laps, you got to battle it out and you got to put yourself in position to win it. Yeah, most definitely. It's it's no different than, um, you know, if you're out there racing and they're talking about weather's coming in and rain and stuff like that, you know, as well as I do, we've all seen it. If they get, you know, past halfway, it starts raining, they can right. say the race is over. Right. So at that point, you need to put yourself in position to where if it does start raining, you're either going to win or you're, you're you know you're going to produce some kind of good result. Right. Don't blame it on well the race got stopped. That's why I had an 18th place finish. No, your people were telling you why rain's were you running coming. 18th? Right, <laughs> exactly. Right. So, and, and I get where people are saying like, man, this just isn't entertaining. Well, man, the 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 first 180 laps were so you you got to be happy with something here. I think you. Uh, you, a little give and take goes a long way. <laughs> it does. It does. I, I just uh, that I, it's. I, I saw a lot of debate this week after the uh, the yellow flag finish, both in Indy and here in the second race of Gateway. Sato taking both of those, putting himself into position though. So I mean, he he did what he needed to do there. Hey, Sato's coming on strong this point in the season. It, it's I, and. From now on, it's just uh, road courses. Yeah. So that's where I, I think Sato's will start to fall back. But you might see Graham Rahal start to make that climb up. He was oh, yeah. very uncomfortable with that car in, uh, at Gateway. Um, and he said, you know, Sato can drive a loose car. I was listening to him uh, talk about it. Sato can drive a loose car. He said, he's <laughs> Tyler Blankenship, it was net code. <laughs> that's good. Sato can drive a loose car. Graham, he said, I drive by the seat. That's not how... A driver drives by the seat right he's like he drives by the steering wheel and that's fine we just have completely different styles of driving and that's why he's up there in this race and and i can't figure this out so but wait till next week when they get to mid ohio on the road course right and you're and you're right graham graham will shine i mean for one he's from ohio mm-hmm. two graham can drive a road course yep he, he knows how to get around the road courses he knows how to get around mid ohio uh, and it's a doubleheader next weekend at Mid-Ohio. It is. And, and IndyCar finally came out and said, hey, we're going to do it. It took them till yesterday or Friday to say it. And it's like, wow, guys. I mean, you got people, and, and there's still no real word. I guess it's coming out tomorrow on 
what the precautions will be if fans are allowed. So for this whole time, you've been telling people, hey, we're going to allow fans. We're going to do this. Friday, we finally got the word it's happening. And now you might change things. up. And I get that this is out of people's control. But at that point, I think that's where you just need to step back and say, hey, we'll run the race, but we can't have fans. Well, because you're you're getting these people making travel arrangements, doing these things. And it, it's it's really slapping them in the face. My thing on that is, though, it's so it's a road course. There's I've been to Mid Ohio. There's plenty of room out there where people can spread out. Right. You had fans at Road America. Why not have them at Mid Ohio? Just you know, limit it to how many fans you're going to have. You know, kind of keep areas where okay, people can be here and here, and keep people spread out. And I see no problem with having fans there. Right. No, I and I would agree with that. It's just a. Uh, uh, kind of a, a toss-up, you know, uh, whether or not it'll be there or if, if fans will, hopefully we hear. I don't think they're going to sell any more tickets this week. I would assume whatever is sold at this point come Monday or tomorrow, it'll be kaput and done. So uh, we'll, we'll keep our eyes out on that. But uh, IndyCar, like you said, doubleheader at Mid-Ohio. These guys are looking forward to it. Uh, Dixon just on an absolute tear. Man. No, let's not talk about Dixon because that's too easy. Yeah. Let's talk about the third place guy right now. Okay. Pat Ward. Yeah. Wow, baby. Right. I'm becoming, a, like, I was not uh, a big fan when he did that move with Carlin, when he went to Red Bull, things like that. Dude can drive. Oh, most definitely. My most goodness. definitely. He gets out of the car, third place in Gateway the first day. Extremely happy with his performance. Comes back the second day, puts it in second. He is beaming when he gets out of that car. You can see his smile hitting his ears past his mask, man. And he's like, no, I didn't care about winning that thing. I had so much fun here in second. I'm learning so much. It's like, he's got a, a solid chance. Say Dixon does miss. Dixon's got to have a couple DNFs, I think, to, to really fall out of right. the, the title. New Garden's not having that consistent year that New Garden has had. Penske really not having. I think they're kind of having a little transition pain, pains between uh, Roger leaving, Cinder taking over. Will it last? No. No. But I, I, it's just small pains. Yeah, it's growing pains. Exactly. It's growing pains. So I think that's what's happening there inside. But that really opens up the door. Pato can have some solid performances, even for for that uh, Smith-Peterson-Arrow-McLaren team. They nailed it. Uh, uh, for them to to land on the top three in points this year that's a success oh that's a that's a huge success for that team absolutely i mean at that point you beat all of the andretti cars all of them Uh, you got them all you took out carpenter's team yep i mean you took out some big names you took out two-thirds of ganassi Mm -hmm. you only got one penske car i mean there's there is that's a huge feat and really rolling into that next year as I, I think it's clear now, if you have a one-two driver in that team, then because I think McLaren's going to kind of stick to that F1 mentality and see how it works in IndyCar. And I was just going to say, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. And I was just going to say, I think some of the success they're having in F1 is helping the IndyCar side too. Absolutely. And I think you know after their debacle last year. McLaren come in with guns blazing this year. They they weren't going to be the joke of the paddock. No. They they were coming in ready to go. Absolutely. And Pato and even Oliver. Oliver's had some good results. He's had some bad races. He's had bad luck. That's yes. A, a, yes. He's, he's caught the the back end. I think he that growing pains. He's yep. had 
Pato, some it seems like he's just grabbing this car and he understands it. Oliver seems like he's he's trying to grasp it because it's a lot different. But I think that's also where Pato, you tossed him in six cars last year. Yeah. So uh, you had to learn quick. And Oliver ran an Indy Light. So yeah, you you were preparing yourself to step up. But this car is so much different. The the new uh, Indy car with this aero screen compared to that Indy Light. And Oliver, <laughs> I mean, he he tells you the weight on top. It's just it's a lot different of a car, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, learning it and and, and gaining that trust in the the car, but like uh, his incident to, at uh, uh, Indy, I think he just he saw that happening in front of him uh, with Daly, and he just hit the brakes too hard. Your your brakes at Indy are meant to go into the pits, yeah, not to slam on them in in fourth turn. So that was a. Uh, a mishap there. I think he was part of that incident at Gateway where they pulled out in that first race and it looked like an iRacing start where they wrecked before the everybody crossed the line on the, the start of the race. Um, it, it just, I think he was one of those guys, Pelot got out of line and then I think Askew got into the back of uh, uh, Pagano, so they, they checked up in front and he got into the back of them. So just a, a good amount of bad luck, but that could really hurt a rookie. Yeah, I mean, it definitely messes with your confidence. Right. You know, so it, it may take him a couple races, but the nice thing about it is they're getting ready to go into, you know, doubleheader road course. Right. So, it's so I think, you know, Oliver's going to be fine there, and that'll give him a chance to get his confidence going again and get back in the swing of things. Right, absolutely. I agree with you there. And we are less than a month away from what I hope is going to be the first IndyCar race that fans can go see here at IMS this year. I really hope they let us into the uh, uh, October 3rd race. Keeping my fingers crossed. I still haven't heard anything about that there at IMS. I mean, that race is happening. But whether or not they allow us in there is a another another question there. Hey, so, and let's, uh, while we're still on IndyCar, let's talk about uh, Renus VK real fast. Yeah, he's having a solid year. I himself. mean, first part of the year. I would have said Carpenter was going to fire him. Oh, Carpenter was not. I didn't think he was going to make it through the full season. I didn't think he was going to make it after Texas, after that interview Carpenter had. He needs to listen to it. He's not. Then we come to <laughs> then we come to Indy. Kid goes out. As soon as they unload the car, he's fast. Qualifies in the fast nine. I think he ended up qualifying fifth, something like that. Yep. Goes out there and uh, in the race, I think, uh, what, did, what did he finish in the race? fourth or fifth yeah fourth i think okay and then you go next week into gateway top fives again yep i mean so he, he's 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 really coming adapting to these ovals from the beginning of the season to now and then there again we're coming into all the road course part of the season and i think renus will shine on the road courses so He's the best car at Ed Carpenter Racing right now. Oh, yeah, I would agree. Well, uh, unless you look at Daly on the ovals. Daly, yes. It, it's tough, to, but it's tough to get a, a hard grasp on that with being a, a part-time driver. Right. So um, I'm talking about the full-time drivers at Carpenter. Renus, is, he's done a complete 180, and he's he's the best on the team right now. Yep, I would agree with that. Here's a, a, a fantasy situation I want to see happen next okay. year. At that Carpenter Racing, so I don't think Ed Carpenter is going to be in in that car next year. I, I think that he is he's probably going to hang it up. Uh, I can I see that. Wrong. I can see that. Um, Maybe just do Indy. Right. Um, so I see. Why not take 
Tony Kanaan. He's going to bring the money. He's going to bring what Ed Carpenter needs and put Jimmy Johnson together. Put Tony Kanaan on your ovals. You, Tony Kanaan wants that that last stint again with the fans and put Jimmy Johnson in your car in ovals. You, at that point, bring so much money to your team that you could really build off of that and get your younger driver in there or have Tony and Jimmy kind of coach Renus up there. And I think that would just be a stacked – that's an all-star team right there. And if you're going to do that, you need to you need to either have Cole Pern, crew chiefin, or Chad Canals. Chad Canals, right, absolutely. I don't think Canals is going to leave Hendrick, but I think Cole Pern could really be a solid choice there because you look back at the 500 dailies running solid. Yeah, he, he ran solid the whole month. Until he took, took it below the uh, – the yellow line there and that car just it snapped on him so uh i, I really think there's some some solid uh uh opportunity there yeah i think there's a future in indycar for cole pern if he wants it i want to know what kyle thinks about chad canals do you think he would go with jimmy to another series because kyle he I, I bet you kyle was crying last week he went to daytona Oh yeah, he is the biggest Jimmy Johnson oh, fan. I already know. So he saw out with the old and in with the new as all three Hendrick drivers make their way into the playoffs, and Johnson sees his way out. You know, Kyle was probably going, Ooh! <laughs> he was balling. <laughs> I bet you he was balling. But I, I, I mean, I could see, maybe Chad Canals would do something like that because I mean, at this point, his his career. Yeah, you know, he's he got run. he's got nothing else to prove in NASCAR. Right. Uh. You know, and you, you get to work with your buddy again that you've had so much success with in NASCAR. I mean, we all know Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss were unstoppable when they were together. Right. He what, says he doesn't seven think championships? ever again. Really? Yep. So, he's still crying, I think, from Daytona. Though, yeah. So. <laughs> he's, he's, he's His hard. eyes are all watery. Yeah, exactly. Hard <laughs> it happens. It's, it's going to be okay, buddy. <laughs> right. Should be a uh, good race today. I think uh, we can turn the tides to NASCAR now. <laughs> <laughs> he said don't joke i was honestly in tears devastated <laughs> sorry i shouldn't laugh oh goodness but yeah let's uh switch the gears to nascar okay here. let's do that got the uh the throwback race here today yeah darlington Raceway. Yep. so it should be a fun one there uh uh first race of the playoffs here uh and i think you're gonna see harvick and hamlin up towards the front again <laughs> yeah i do and that's what i mean we kind of saw the what uh maybe what could happen i guess with that last race um i know it was a, a plate race right but you saw hamlin and harvick kind of working and weren't up in the front there so maybe that late i mean that's the whole thing with the playoffs you got to take it through the whole year oh yeah you can't just run half or three quarters of the the thing so that would be the the one shot that I think everybody would have to get in and, and have a run. I really think Amarillo and D. Benedetto are the first two that are gonna see their way out of the playoffs. I, mean, I, I think. It, I I would agree. Especially, not an easy race to start here. This track is is pretty tough. It really is. So, uh, you you go there, and. It's going to be, you look at, like you said, you got Keselowski, you got Logano, you got these guys that have been here, Hamlin, Harvick, uh, Chase. To, and really, you talk about somebody that's got a solid chance 
this year. I think Chase Elliott is looking. If, if there's somebody that's going to take down Hamlin or Harvick in the playoffs, that's that's who I could see it being. And if my memory serves me correct, Chase runs pretty good at Darlington. He does. Absolutely. So, uh, and we've really seen him kind of uh, uh, come into what everybody kind of wanted him to be this season, I think. He, he had those wins before, but this year has been a more consistent year. He kind of took over the lead role at Hendrick, I think, over from Johnson. I think Johnson at this point was kind of, I, I'm not going to say on cruise control because he had a fantastic season, a lot better than a lot of guys last season is. But I think at, at this point, Johnson didn't want that lead role. Right. He, he didn't want to be in that. You're, you're at that age, you're at that point of your career. It is, it's time to hand it off there. And I think Chase has taken that role and, and really working with it because last week, Daytona, when he had that opportunity to beat Byron, he could have went around him. They told him, it's like, hey, let's do this for the team. And, and Chase, listen, he stayed right behind him, pushing there, and made sure nobody got out in front of Byron. So he took, you know, all three of those guys to the win. A young Chase Elliott may have got under him, may have went for that win there, and uh, really battled his teammate, maybe caused something. Yeah, I mean, the, I just see a lot of maturity and uh, growth there with Chase Elliott throughout the season. Yeah, and like you said earlier, consistency. You know, that's that's kind of what Chase has been lacking up until this point. You know, you'd see him get a win, and then the next couple of weeks he's 20th, 24th. Then, you know, he'd go off and get another win. He just he never had he can never string together those finishes. Exactly. And and he seems to be doing that this year. Now is he the most dominant car out there? Uh no. I I still think, you know, it's this has been the Hamlin Harvick show pretty much all season. Right. And I do think those are the two strongest teams and cars and drivers out there. But uh I could definitely see Chase getting in there and kind of shaking it up a little bit. That's where the playoff, I think if you're Looking for a little excitement in a in a playoff scenario here. That's where you're going to find it is with Chase Elliott kind of being the underdog in my mind here throughout this uh, playoff and, and giving those those giants it's gonna, that David versus Goliath kind of the Hamlin to Harvick versus Chase Elliott. I I really think I don't see I, I see Byron and and Bowman maybe putting on a, a decent first uh, uh, round, um, but I think they're going to fizzle off there. So Chase just really has to make sure that he does good today. I think today is a, a solid uh, contender there to to really push yourself into that next round. I mean, if he can go out today and crank off a win, that would You're really that would really boost that. And hey, man, we're in this, exactly. so let's let's do it. Right. Yep. I, I completely agree with you there. So, uh, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to check out the uh, the NASCAR race today. I no idea. What time that starts? I would assume 3, 3.30. Yeah, I have the, no idea. The trucks are about to head off here, so I just know Dad's cooking out today, Mom's cooking out today, so I got some food on the way. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so uh, um, I'm trying to think, really. You got uh, – oh, big news. We, di we didn't get to talk about it last week. Did you watch Larson on the dirt? Uh, Yeah. Wow. So, are you talking about the late model? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do yes. you think he goes to Eldora? Why wouldn't you? It would be so – you know Tony's in his ear. You know Stewart's over there talking to Larson. And, and there's a, a complete just – I'm going to call it what he is. just an idiot out there that thinks Larson's just completely cheating, everything like that, because 
He's just out there dominating, and he thinks it uh, it's a disgrace to dirt drivers that people are, are boosting Larson up so high and because he's a NASCAR driver. Man, it's not that he's a NASCAR no, driver. He knows he's how a wheel to, man. He knows how to drive on the dirt. The him, <laughs> dirt just comes natural to him. He, he can – I mean, he – it amazes me to watch him in a dirt car and, and the moves he makes. And he'll find lines that nobody's running and just blow by people. He ain't cheating. The guy can just drive the shit out of the car. And he might have better equipment. That's where, I mean, you look at it, dirt racing, uh, is it as eccentric as F1? No. But you have the teams that are the bottom of the barrel, the Williams. Oh, yeah. And you got the teams that are the Mercedes out there. Yeah, he's got a Mercedes. Yeah, he's know. not stepping in no junk ride. <laughs> he's got the best of the best out there. You have to, he took it from like twenty something in the uh, that Silver Crown car here in uh, yeah uh, Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> the night before, or yep. the night of the or what was that? It was uh, it was the it was after Who's the five hundred. Yeah, yeah. What, after yeah. the five hundred was over, they it's, fired off out there. Man, it's like come on, dude. Like, what can't you drive? And I want to see. I said it last week. And I know I'm partial to IndyCar. Man, I don't want to see Larson back in NASCAR. I want to see him step in an IndyCar. I do, too. I want to see I, I do, I too. I think he's got that that mentality where you can really, I mean, you can whip a sprint car around. You know open wheel. I mean, you understand open wheel. It's not like you've been a stock car driver your entire life. You've not been a late model driver. You, you've not had fenders a lot of your life there, midgets and sprints. That's more chaotic than any any car race I've ever seen. Oh yeah, so it's controlled chaos. That's what we said. Before. It is. It is. <clears throat> but to that extent, I just don't see how you can, even if you're not a fan of Larson, you got to give the guy credit because he, he. I think he could go out. Is he going to beat Brandon Shepard the first time he races Brandon Shepard? Probably not. But is he going to learn, and then the next time? Probably go out there and beat him. Yep, more than likely. If he doesn't get him on that first run, yeah, I'd, he's going to take him on the second. That's the way I look at that. I wouldn't doubt that he uh, beats him on the first try. Right. Uh, yeah, Ty, I saw that too. No, that was, I think somebody on iDirt made that one up. But yeah, because that I, car I looked, looked old as crap. It did, and I looked in the stands, and there's people like sitting up there, and I hate saying this, and we're in social distance. <laughs> there weren't anything. There's plenty of room, so you can tell it was a, a little older of a picture there and i don't think if uh uh I, I could be wrong but i don't think if junior was to test on a dirt that there'd be fans in the stands the first time no he'd be a little worried may not worry but he's got a dirt track in his backyard i mean he he runs dirt he knows dirt i'd love to see him get in it i just don't see uh uh earnhardt ever getting behind the wheel of a car again just because of his head and his family He'll probably get in the car on his track out back behind his house. Right, but he's not going to. Competitively. Right. It's uh, he... he said uh, he beat, Brooks said that uh, Larson beat Shepard in his SEC race. What was that? He beat Shepard second, second race. race. Okay. okay. So there you go. Second race there. So it took him. The, I didn't honestly, I didn't realize Shep was in that race there that he was running. So uh, absolutely. Just uh, a phenomenal running. Like I said, dude's a wheel man. Uh, people want to see him back in NASCAR. I think we will I want to see, see him in IndyCar. Like you said, that's that's where I really want to see Kyle Larson end up. Right. And I, I think we do see him in NASCAR again. Uh, so real quick to, to hit back on NASCAR, Hendrick came out today and said 
that we do have a driver for the 48 next year. Not today, but it came out this week. We do have a driver for the 48 this year, but or next year, but he's in the playoffs, so we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to, to take away from that. Matt DiBenedetto, I think, is going to be driving that 48 car next year, unfortunately. You think? Yeah. Yes, I do. I really do. Because, I mean, you look at that. Amarillo got signed to a, uh extension there at uh, uh, Stewart. Then you got... Uh, um, Bowman, Byron, and Chase are all signed at Hendrick. Yep. The Kislowski is uh, Logano are, are solid there. Yep. Um, but it, it's unfortunately, I, I I just see that coming into effect there. Good tender everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Wayland, I think if Larson, whenever Larson steps in, if he puts just a small amount of practice into it, he's he's a driver. Now, do oh I, yeah, the one car I don't see, and somebody was suggesting F one. I don't see him competing in an F one. No, car. not he, at all. It's that that constant road course. I don't think would be uh, a solid run for him. I think he could learn it in IndyCar and do the the kind of oval road course um, bump. But um, uh, I, I think that that's how it would would affect there. I, I agree with Jason there too that he's yeah. going somewhere where. If, I mean, if Larson goes to Stuart Haas, I, I, w- I would love to see Stuart Haas put together a IndyCar team or a one-off team for the 500 or join something. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. just join with Foyt there or take this Haas team from F1 and bring it to IndyCar where you can compete. That that would be my thing. But Yeah, I, I don't see why they haven't done that. I mean, there again, they're, they're kind of in a situation with Williams. You're just over there throwing money out the window. Right. But, you know. When you're selling Haas CNC machines for two million dollars a copy, <laughs> right? But yeah, just like Wayne said, F1 is just a whole different level. It really, it really is. is. It really yeah. is because you've seen so many American drivers that were good over here go to F1 and they can't compete. Look at Michael Mike Andretti. Andretti. <laughs> that was not scripted. I promise you, that was not scripted. Daniel's ears are going <laughs> right now. But yeah, that's good stuff there. But uh. You know, and and going into F, being an American, going to F one, you have to learn all these tracks, and their tracks are different. Their tracks, F one tracks, are long. You know, we're here. We're used to seeing a a mile and a half, two two and a half mile road course over there. They're four, four, four five. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <coughs> Road America was originally built as an F one track. That's why it's like four point five miles long. Look at Circuit of America. Circuit of the Americas. <laughs> exactly. Just so. It's it's a whole different world. I going think that's to... where he benefits in that car because you look at an Indy car, you're gonna sling it around like a dirt car. No, but on an oval track, you have to know how to control a loose car mm-hmm. to be fast. He knows how to control a loose car. That's his life, dirt. It's and that's why car. I think when he did run NASCAR, Larson didn't run good at every track, but but on a uh, a Atlanta, fast a fast like greasy track where it was getting slick. That's where it came into him. He'd be up there slinging it up against the wall, just hanging it out. I think that was what was entertaining about Larson is when he was in NASCAR, you'd see that dirt track. Oh, yeah. He'd throw a slider on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a NASCAR. I, I think it was Atlanta where he won the race. He threw it up. I think it was on uh, Boyer. And it just hits the wall and just goes, whoa. <laughs> I mean, just threw it in there. But that's like you were saying. It really benefits him. Because he, it, it's not that he can't drive Daytona. It's not that he can't drive 
you know, different. He was good That's here. That's his style. He was good here. Yeah. It's a, you got that loose kind of that dirt track feel. But That's yeah, exactly. his style and what he knows, and we've all seen what the man can do on a dirt track and a dirt car. Right. And, and the thing is, NASCAR has a lot of those tracks. Those mile and a half, those those greasy, slick ones, those are the ones. He would be good at the race today, Darlington. Absolutely. 100% there. So uh, I, I, I think that's a uh, just a, a phenomenal point there. And uh, I, I see it working out well here. And hey, we still got a guest to, to get to here today yeah. with uh, Circle City Cryogenics. Going to talk a little bit of freezing action. I'm excited. Freeze. <laughs> right? It's like it's uh, Mortal Kombat. You ever seen Sub Zero? Sub Zero. That's get a, over here. <laughs> that's Scorpion. That's Scorpion. <laughs> but uh, Sub Zero, I mean, freezes him. Yep. Just absolutely freezing. So he, he, the one, he'll freeze anything. Anything. Not bodies. No. That's the one thing. He says no to the bodies, though. So. That's the uh, uh, the last bit we got here today, and we'll uh, we'll be back with the checkers and wreckers picks, picks of, the of the week right after this. Guys, check out this is Brian Tomlinson at Circle City Cryogenics. In a nutshell, I don't know how much you know, but Circle City Cryogenics is a division <coughs> of Circle City Heat Treating. They've been open since 1950. Okay, 5052, and then I started this division up there 10 years ago. I bought 30 percent of one of my customers, Cryogenics of Indiana. Nice. In the first year, I caught him stealing from us. I'm actually doing the PRI show, and these guys were happy and content. He was doing race teams in the city of Indianapolis. And I thought, are you shitting me? This has hellacious potential. And uh, within, I, I'm in my booth at the PRI show, and guys are walking up going, well, I didn't know anybody else did this in Indiana. I got a buddy up north that does this in Whitestown, Gaston, Indiana. I go, really? What do you mean? Oh, well, he does race teams in the city of Indianapolis. I just pay him cash, and he puts my stuff in, in there with him. Came home and Googled cryogenics and Circle City heat treating popped up. So I called there and said, hey, uh, I want to get two pistol barrels and some brake rotors frozen this weekend. What do you charge? And the girl said, you called the wrong number. And I said, no, I'm on your website. It says you do cryogenics and you're darn near right downtown Indy. She goes, we get these calls once in a while. We're a heat treater. But some of these fab shops will ask us to freeze our metal at two hours at 120 degrees below zero to stabilize it. That's all we do. And I said, well, I see your big processor on there. She goes, our what? I said, your big freezer, your cryogenic processor. Who owns the company? Tom Dunn. Can I talk to him? So I told him what, what I was interested in getting together to talk with him. And I go down the next day and take him to lunch, tell him the whole story. And he's like, man, uh, I don't want to get in the middle of any litigation. Thanks, but no thanks. I take him back to his plant. As I'm walking across the parking lot, my phone rings and it says 317. Well, that's all it says anytime somebody from the Indianapolis calls you. Gotcha. From the, from the city of Indianapolis that works for the city. I answer the phone. Cryogenics of Indiana, this is Brian. Hey, it's Greg Ballard. You got a minute? I said, I do. What's up, Mr. Mayor? He said, we're doing a STEM show at the uh, track in May, and I would like you to be a presenter. I love what you do for the city of Indianapolis, and you saved my city $250,000 a year. I want to kind of repay that and start introducing you to businesses we're trying to get to move here and stuff. And I said, well, you know what the sad news is? I don't know if we're going to continue to do this. I called my partner stealing from us, and I'm actually about 15 minutes from your office trying to find a new place to land. But this guy didn't know the potential of this. Where are you at? And I said, 2243 Massachusetts Avenue. Come on down here to my office. Okay. So I get down there, and he had already written a letter up saying, I will follow Brian Thomason wherever he lands. He saves my city $250,000, and I want it to continue to grow. Oh, wow. So that made me call Don Schumacher Racing, Indiana Oxygen, a right tree service. I got letters from them. A week later, I took Tom Dunn back out to lunch again, and I said, here, read this. And, Mal of course, Mayor Ballard was on top. 
And he reads that one and then sees Indiana Auction and goes, uh, really? You, so you're really serious about this? And I said, sir, I can walk in the first of the month with $250,000 worth of business. I just want to be a subcontractor. I don't need an office here. I travel a lot. I do a lot of shows. I'm driving all over God's creation, the gun shops, fishing places, whatever. And uh, it'll be 10 years this month. Nice. So he's a good, honest Christian guy. And it's like everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? God closed one door, he opened another one. You mentioned like fishing, uh, guns, stuff like that. Obviously, I mean, we, we see it in what you do with the brake rotors and different parts on the, the racing. But what's it do with guns and, and, and fishing and stuff like that? It'll make a gun shoe straighter. A tight-up bullet pattern makes a gun easier to clean. Very if nice. You're in guns, it's called wavering or stringing. The more you shoot, the barrel gets hot and it wiggles. Uh-huh. It does the same thing on a gun barrel as it does on a brake rotor. It dispenses the heat more evenly and makes it shoot straighter and a tighter bullet pattern makes it easier to clean. So with uh, on, on back to the racing side of things, you, you mentioned Don Schumacher Racing. Talk about that. How did that all come to fruition there? They were doing Don Schumacher when I came on board there, but yet they were just doing certain parts. And I don't, I, did I give you one of those flyers? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I was stunned that Don Schumacher wrote a beautiful testimonial. So how how has that uh, relationship kind of grown with Don Schumacher and, and maybe other race teams? Have have a lot of other uh, bigger race teams hopped on board outside of just the uh, smaller kind of local guys? Yeah, I mean, I've got them from across the country. I mean, from go-karts to snowmobiles to motorcycles, truck pulls, bicycles, dirt track, and dragsters. Nice. What's the what's the do you have a favorite thing to freeze? I don't know about a favorite. The um, lightest thing that you can put in there, probably, right? <laughs> but, but really, really light. You know what I mean? But it's uh I I've crowded every light bulb in my house. I haven't changed a light bulb in five years. Really? So light bulbs, so electricity, stuff like that. What what's it doing a light bulb really? It's tungsten inside the, the the old regular kind of light bulbs. That's tungsten that goes across those two wires. Mm -hmm. it, it makes the tungsten stronger. It actually makes them brighter, and they use less energy. Very nice. So, did I mean, you see the Channel Six story on the uh, Facebook page? Say that again. I'm sorry. Did you see the Channel Six story on our Facebook page? I have not watched it. No. We, uh, I don't know. Just I'm a guy that kind of thinks out of the box. I've done nylon parts for a lot of these race teams. And my wife had breast cancer about a year and a half ago. And the first, when we went for her first chemo, they handed her two pair of anti-embolism stockings. They look like pantyhose. Mm -hmm. And I started reading the box and the lady goes, here, we give you your first two pair. But after that, you have to pay for them. And Deanne turned around and looked at me and smiled. I knew where she was going. She goes, well, you know what, ma'am? We're lucky and blessed. I've got a good job. My husband's got a good job. We've got decent insurance. We'll go ahead and pay for these. And the next time somebody comes in without insurance, give them four pair. Nice. So I followed the nurse out of the office when they got the end chemo hooked up and going. And I said, hey, can I, you have other kinds of those? And she goes, yeah, come here. And there's one that's a sleeve. And there's pictures of this on the Facebook page. It's 200 bucks. It goes from your wrist to your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And therefore, blood clots and swelling. Uh -huh. And there's one with a glove. That looks just like a glove, but without fingertips on it. Those are eighty-five bucks. That long sleeve is two hundred bucks, and then the regular nylons are anywhere from fifty-five to sixty-five. Oh wow! Bought one of each, cut them in half, marked them A and B, 
I froze B at 300 below. I did not A, gave it to Purdue Polytechnics in Columbus, Indiana, and they gave me a report back that said it made them nearly 50% stronger so they won't snag and run. Oh, wow. Very nice. We're cryogenically freezing those for every cancer patient in the state of Indiana for free. Very nice. That is awesome. Channel 6 got got wind of it and came to the plant, and and they came two different trips and did a story on it. And uh, there's been a ton of people that have been kind enough to share it on their Facebook page. You know, everybody sees a video on there, and they just scroll right by it. Well, I'm asking people to put, share this with your family, friends, and neighbors. This is free. Right. For cancer patients. And usually free is everybody's favorite color. But we've helped over 500 cancer patients so far. And now from our customers in St. Louis, Texas, Denver, I'm telling them in emails, hey, if you've got employees there, feel free to print this up and put it in your break room. All we're asking people to do is pay for the shipping. Right. And Absolutely. when it gets sure. to us, take prepaid return shipping label, put it inside the package. And you can see some of the videos on the uh, Facebook page where it's just a box. But you can clearly see their anti-embolism stockings, and we freeze them, thaw them out. Of course, being nylon, we don't have to temper them. If they're metal parts, the final step of the cryogenic process is when it's been frozen at 300 below and comes back to room temperature, then we put them in one of our 55 ovens and furnaces and temper them at a certain temperature for an hour. That's why it's a 72-hour process. I know, obviously, like you said, you can't dive too deep into the the racing bit because at the end of the day, there's it's not bending the rules but there's things that these guys might get a a extra advantage of by doing something like this am i correct oh absolutely that's why they do it you know what i mean just because the the internal parts don't break the big improvement is stress relief and the stabilization Mm -hmm. any form that's made is full of stress right when you freeze it at 300 degrees below zero it realigns all the atoms molecules makes it stronger more durable The number one question I get is, well, won't this make my parts brittle? Yeah, but I'm not handing them back to you when they're at 300 degrees below. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you can see the pictures and the videos of it's all being frosted up. Well, no, it it, it changes the tensile strength and helps the toughness and stability. Everything that's cryoed only has to be done one time because it goes through the entire volume of every part. Like on the ring pinions, on the transmissions. We do a ton of transmissions. Clutch plates. That makes well, sense. Yeah, yeah. A lot of heat buildup inside of that. That that makes uh-huh. complete sense right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's not really necessarily going to give you that extra speed. What it's going to do is ensure that you're not going to break down. Maybe not ensure, but kind of give you a little more uh, peace of mind. You're not going to break down in the middle of a race when that thing's really working. Is that what is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it is. And even they have some of the. Uh... Uh, the big boys, they're going through 15 gallons of fuel in 3.2 seconds. And the engine block's getting so hot, the bottom was just dropping out. Oh, wow. Told they went from three trips to 29 passes. Wow. Very interesting there. So that's. Yeah, and it does increase. Some of them said they went from 10,500 to 11,000 horsepower. Okay. So you are getting a little extra power in there, too. Exactly. Yes. Very nice there. So I guess uh, back to I, I get the tires. Why you don't freeze those? But what what's up with the steering wheel? No, I said that anybody that said I'm not supposed to say what we do for a lot of these race teams. But you know, right? You said you know you don't do the tires or the steering wheel. 
I, I understand why you wouldn't freeze tires because the, the compound in the rubber, you could can change everything by doing something like that. But well, on, on the steering wheel, change. why? It does change the, uh, we have had success with some rubbers. And I always tell people if they've got something we've never done before, I'll do the first one for free if they share the results with us. Right. But yeah, I was being kind of a smart aleck when I said, you know, anybody that's in the racing knows we're not doing the tires and steering wheels. We're okay, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say I get the tires, I don't get the steering wheel. Though. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, I get you know, I've seen some of those things bend. I've seen some of them break. Maybe it could work out for you. Yeah, there you go. We've even had landscapers <laughs> or landscapers giving us their trailer ball hitch because they're they're changing so many trailers a day, and I'm like, really? A trailer ball wears. I would have never thought, but I guess friction. Yep, absolutely. I mean, we've done some crazy things. I've got a guy in New York right now that's supposed to post today. They're Milwaukee gloves, and there's pictures of them on the Facebook page. That he was like, I go through a pair of these. They're only like 12 bucks a pair, but I'm going through a pair every two weeks. So if I'm on a big job site and I rip my glove, I could get hurt. Right. He called me yesterday going, oh, my gosh, I'll check in with these guys or farmers. Because they send us some wacky stuff. And right. he said, I'm going to wait by how much longer these have lasted. Very. Uh, uh, but a farmer sent in a bunch of big blades. And he goes, hey, Brian, you've got me thinking out of the box. I've been doing so many different stuff with you through the years. I'm sending you a pair of blue jeans. Right. I, I, do, I think I remember you talking about jeans back uh, a year ago there. And I was like, wow, all right, let's see what this does. So a couple <laughs> of doctors and nurses saw that on there. So they're wanting to send their scrubs. Scrubs, absolutely. And now on top of that, I would assume, now you'd hope they send them to you washed and clean, but you're dipping it in 300 degrees below zero. That's probably going to disinfect there as well, correct? Yeah. I say, what will it do to the coronavirus? I said, it'll choke it dead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nothing's nothing's going to be living at 300 degrees below zero. I can't imagine. No, no, no not many things. So you take it out of the freezer. You, you get it moving to where you need to put it. You, you Like you said, you know, things are brittle. You ever drop anything and, and see it shatter? I did one time. <laughs> one time, that's all it took. <laughs> uh-huh. It was carbide of all things, carbide tooling that's very, very expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to drop a light bulb. No. no <laughs> now, there's one thing you won't freeze, and what's that? That's body. <laughs> you got it. You're not freezing a body there, so Walt Disney can't come to you now. And and, yeah. and ask, hey, I, I think I want to move from this freezer over to yours. Yours seems like a little more yeah. spacious. <laughs> Back when we, when did Indy have the Super Bowl? Was that 09? Oh, man, maybe 11? Yeah, I can't I even, you know, you might have been right yeah. at 09. Yeah, I had uh, three different commercials on our local ESPN radio, and one <laughs> of them said, what the Circle City Cryogenics and Ted Williams have in common? Absolutely nothing. We don't freeze bodies. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. <laughs> and that took off so much. We've now got hats, koozies. I've got golf shirts and t-shirts on the front. It says Circle City Cryogenics. And on the back in big blue letters, it says, we don't freeze bodies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Locally, you know, I, myself, my brother, uh, we, we've both been doing a little carding now. So how local, you said, you said carding, talk to us about what we can do, how we can uh, help you grow here and what parts we can bring you to uh, kind of make this last any metal with a wear life this literally works on stainless steel copper aluminum the only metal I ran across I can't improve is Encanil 
and it's full of nickel and chrome. It's harder than heck to begin with. That is literally the only metal I've ever ran across that we cannot improve. Here's a question for you. This happened to me just uh, two weeks ago here. I'm, I'm at Whiteland in the cart. Somebody goes around, spins, and I'm trying to get around them on the top side there. I think I'm clear, and boom. Next thing I know, my tire's going. Whoop, 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 whoop. I got a bent axle. An axle, that's going to help the strength of something like that, correct? Correct. We do a ton of axles. Very nice there. I know where I'm going here once I get that. So you said, just so everybody knows and and, and they hear this right, it's not a uh, it's it's not slow by any means, but you need a little time to do this there. So make sure you give Brian some time there if you if you want to get in there. You said it's a 72 roughly 72 hour turnaround. Yes, we run it on the weekend. So I tell everybody in all of our posts or all of our regular customers know to have it at the plant by four o'clock on Friday. Mm -hmm. And they can have it back Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning. There you go. Absolutely. So if you if you need it for that race weekend, make sure you guys are, are getting it, putting it in your head there. And and you said you're all across the country. It's not just locally here. So you're getting guys shipping you parts. So you're shipping them back there. What's the, the usual turn? Obviously, it depends on them shipping it. But on your end, then, if they're shipping it, are they getting it by Friday, roughly? We're trying to keep a two-week turnaround time or less. I have a certain watermark that the owner of the company has given me to where I have to have X amount of money in the big one or small one because it takes so much liquid nitrogen to sure. get everything down to 300 below. Right. This pandemic is not helping a thing, but we're trying to uh, keep a two-week turnaround time or less. There's, uh, before this pandemic hit, there were only maybe twice last year in 19 that they didn't have their parts back in two weeks. I got you. So, and, and, and you, unfortunately, uh, go ahead. Sorry. That's why we tell people that they should, once they see how this works, they know to keep them on a shelf. Right. They'll order brand new ones instead of paying shipping twice. If you order something online and have it shipped to you, then you're having it shipped to me. You're best to just order it online and have it shipped straight to me. That's going to save you a shipping charge. That's a, I, something I wouldn't even thought of that. That's a fantastic little uh, thing that you do because a lot of people probably wouldn't want to deal with that, that hassle on your end there so that's a very nice thing that you offer there and then you just you're gonna it's just shipping them back to uh them from you then that's a fantastic customer service at its finest you don't see that too often nowadays you almost have to in this day and age or especially to keep all the racers and the manufacturers happy you gotta yeah. do what you gotta do and it does save them money in the long run another thing i always tell the companies if this part costs you 50 bucks and it's lasting five times longer, you're not paying taxes on that part five times. So right. the cryo process is kind of, it's helping cover the cost of your cryo. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that makes, that's a, a fantastic way to look at that. So you, you talk manufacturers, you, you things like that. What, uh, are there any manufacturers that maybe are already doing this to their parts before they go and sell them that I, I you maybe pay a little extra for that service on their end, but it's already done. Exactly. Well, great way to word it. Yeah, some <laughs> companies use us to save thousands of dollars a year on their tooling, and others use us to make their product dominate their market. Mm -hmm. So locally here, we have a, a huge track, IMS, and we're famous for the Indy cars. You ever done anything off an Indy car? Yes. <laughs> Are you allowed to say what it was? You don't have to say who it was from, but can you say what it was what part it was? Yeah, was it the brakes? Not so much. Some of the brakes, yeah, but the the transmissions, the gearboxes. 
So we're really not supposed. Yeah, Indy cars, uh, they're a fickle bunch to deal with. They. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. They don't want anybody to know. Like I said, I was shocked that Don Schumacher let his team write us the testimonial. And, but yeah, IndyCar is a whole new breed. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I said. We don't have to hear any names or anything. But yeah, absolutely. I, I get how that is. Like I said, I mean, we see uh, in F1 even um, just how how closed off they are with the garages. And I can only imagine if, you know, these guys here, well, hey, these guys are getting a little more horsepower out of this. Either they're going to try to ban it or they're going to try to do it themselves. They're one of the two things. <laughs> and fortunately, they really can't do it themselves. It's kind of a recipe, so to speak. And I've had other race teams say, well, tell me your recipe. And I say, call Kentucky Fried Chicken, ask them what the recipe is. <laughs> right. Tell me what the recipe is and I'll tell you mine. That's why people <laughs> say, hey, you patented this. No, it's proprietary. We don't tell anybody how long it takes. I mean, I, I say 300 degrees below and then we temper it. But, you know, it's all proprietary. But IndyCar is a, a whole new creature. NASCAR cryos everything and doesn't tell anybody. Right. Very interesting there. What about F1? Have you gotten anything off an F1 car before? Nope. Tried when they were here, and they, uh, they're they even more arrogant than... <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would think, special. like, there, though, is it's... Especially here, as, I don't know how much you follow F1 at all. But they have the the change of the regulations coming, and you would be uh, like you would think that that would kind of give, you know, that maybe that little extra bump, if you will, that was legal that these guys might be able to uh, to look into. So I, I would think maybe uh, here with new regulations, things like that, they might have to think outside the box, like you're saying. Oh, absolutely. And it's not illegal. It's new technology. I even have golfers. We do golf balls and golf clubs. And they're saying, well, isn't this breaking the rules? No, it's new technology. After, right. Uh, innovation in racing. I mean, uh, it's it's something uh, without that, we wouldn't have these these arrow screens, these these cars that look like rocket ships. They'd still look like, you know, old sprint cars that were going around at 40 miles an hour. So we, we have innovation and it's because People like you doing different things like this, thinking outside the box, giving us that that uh, kind of boost there. Yeah, just trying to, to actually to save them money. And that's where we, when we first approached IndyCar about, you know, what they've got two different engine builders. And you'll probably remember this better than I. A few years back, the guy leading the race points, they're allotted X amount of motors a year. Mm -hmm. And he had went through his, so they started deducting points from the owner and the driver because right. he was having to get other motors. And I said, said to him at the PRI show, doesn't that kind of make you have egg on your face? Your motor's not lasting long enough. Right. <laughs> give, give us the block. Let, let us help you win the championship and make yourself last longer. Now we're good. We're all right. We don't need that because they're making money on it. Right. Brian, so, thank you so much for giving me some time here today. Why don't you give them a, a phone number, your website, everything. We'll put that on the page, though. But why don't you uh, hit them up where, where they can contact you to get a hold of you guys for some service there. It's CircleCityCryogenics.com, or you can call us at 317-440-9102. Plenty of pictures on the Facebook page and videos. You can see all the different parts we do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Like I said, we're going to have that information on the page here, guys. You guys have a fantastic one. Brian, you enjoy the wedding. Don't have too much fun. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks Absolutely. Thank you so much, sir.
What a conversation that was. What a guy there, too. How does Daniel meet these good guys? I don't know. <laughs> That's just... But uh, <laughs> if you need anything frozen, who are you going to call? Circle City Cryogenics. Well, That's right. Not anything. Not bodies. Not bodies. Not Any... bodies. No. Stay away from the... Ow! Stay away from the bodies. I might have to freeze that Stay wrist. away from the table. No joke, man. What a conversation there. Brian, just a fantastic guy out there. Circle City Cryogenics. Like he says, you buy a new part, you want it shipped directly to him to save on shipping, just do that, and he'll ship it back to you when he's done freezing it, thawing it out there. Have you ever seen Jason X? Yeah, I don't think so. When he's in space, there's a cryogenically uh, chamber in there, and he dumps this lady's head in it, takes it out, looks at it, and smashes it on the table. When he's talking about dropping that part, exactly what i pictured just thousands of frozen pieces all over frozen the... fragments exactly that's a good way to put it there scott schroeder in the house and none other than i'm assuming that's john etheridge from the monsters I've... of dirt there maybe ac's talking from behind the monsters of dirt you maybe, never know maybe maybe that's how he gets out there mm. <laughs> antonio brown's feet <laughs> antonio brown's feet what <laughs> I'm missing That's he's typing on Monsters of Dirt, I guess. Okay. <laughs> wow. So we got uh, just a little bit left here. We we got Brooks. He already put him out. He did. And I want everybody else to do the same deal here right now for today's race here in NASCAR Darlington. If this is your first time joining along, or maybe you need a little refresher, we're about to do the checkers and records picks of the week, and we'll pick our checker pick. Somebody mm-hmm. that we think is going to do good. Not, maybe not necessarily win it, but a, a solid top, top three, ten finish. top five. Yeah, you're going to be up there. And then we got the 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 record. Same deal there. Not necessarily going to wreck, but somebody who uh, should perform well. Not gonna uh, that you think. And then a dark horse, kind of opposite of the the record. Somebody, dark horse is kind of somebody that's never won a race or hasn't won one in five seasons, like you know, or. Just a smaller team. Exactly. Rookie driver, something like that. So, we, uh... <laughs> oh, I gotcha. <laughs> oh. <laughs> threw, threw me off there. No, I'm with you there. I was thinking Antoine Brown. The... <laughs> well, I got NASCAR or racing in my head there. The Don Schumacher. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It's Nationals week. It so, is. Uh, Yeah, that's where my head was there. I, I got you now. I'm there. So uh, I'll go uh, first with my checker pick of the day. It's hard not to pick one of these two, but I got to go with the number four today, Kevin Harvick. That's uh, like we discussed earlier. That's a solid pick, <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, he runs good here. And that should be a contender. Um, I'm gonna go different though. I'm gonna go with uh, the number twelve car, Ryan Blaney. All right. He thinks he's going to do all right today. And he's had a, that kind of breakthrough season, mm-hmm. if you will, here this year. Really solid year himself. He needs something. So, uh, Jarrett Murphy's calling the the number nine for his checker today. I think that could be a good 14 for his record. And then the dark horse is Tyler Reddick. We go to our records here on the day. And this is – it's kind of a, uh, a difficult one to pick, if you will. Because, I mean, you get this Darlington race going on. They're, they're going to be bumping. They're going to be beating on each other. But I, I, I'm going to go with one of the, the playoff drivers here today, and I'm going to go with uh, Alex Bowman. Okay. Just uh, don't see him really pulling a, a solid run out of this. I think uh, D. Benedetto might 
might get ahead of him today. All right. I'm going to go with uh, the number three, Austin Dillon, as a wrecker. I go. just don't see him performing today. And Jason Reese says, checker, Kyle Bush, Chris Bell is his dark horse. I like that. And his record is Joey Logano there. So interesting picks there. I want to go with the uh, dark horse that has won this race before. It was 2019. That's the only race I can remember him winning. Eric Jones. Okay. I, I think uh, he, he's going to have a solid run today. He's been up there. He's done it before. Um, so I'm, I'm And he's starting there. 30th. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think he's going to have a decent run here today. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, – I just got a gut feeling on this one. You know, number 17, Chris Busher. All righty. Dark horse. So Scott's coming, the, the, the boomer, the red rocket – he said Elliot is his checker. Kurt Bush is his wrecker, and Bell is his dark horse. So we got some guys doing a little flip flopping there, but uh, it seems like Bell, a lot of people are liking him today. He said uh, Eric's on the way out, falling fast over there. He is, but this is a solid, solid track for him. And maybe that uh, kind of that boost of energy he needs here. Checker, the number 22 for Dustin Hall, wrecker, wrecker 24. 24, and a dark horse, number 10. 10. Number Eric 10, Amarola. the 10. The, I give the it 10. a 10. <laughs> so solid picks all across the board here today. Let us know what your favorite throwback scheme is. Hey, and if uh, you're interested in uh, actually betting on the race, you can go over to um, myboogie.com. You bet your ass you can. Hop on over there and check out Monday segments. Well, maybe we need to get on there for a little, like, five minute period to get people we their, do. their nascar we do uh picks here because we, we do these here today i don't know if i'd necessarily go off of our checkers and records I, I bet differently than i i pick these sometimes right i, I try to pull them out here but usually like I, i've won some money off hamlin and harvick this year so <laughs> not necessarily my picks throughout the the week yeah that race don't start till six it, oh well yeah tomorrow's labor day so all you essential workers out there, thank you for doing what you did. This, this kind of Labor Day means a little more than every yeah. other Labor Day. So thank you guys. You guys kick your feet up in there. Some of you essentials are going back to work Monday, but hey, I'm not. Nope, you get the day off. I get the nope. I got kids. I don't ever get a day off. So <laughs> we'll have some fun here. Thank you all for and tuning you, in and you, today. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. you guys have a fantastic weekend. Johnson, thanks to Checkers Records for coming on board for the fourth season of super popular Checkers Records Fix Pro Late Model Series. On Wednesday nights, 9 Eastern, CWTV starting September 23rd. Mod's back that week. It's coming. The Monsters of Dirt. John, what night's 305 is going to run on? Sundays before Pricks. Oh, nice. I think he said that. I believe. I believe. I think I got it right there. <laughs> we'll check out. Brooks and raise hell, praise Dale. See y'all next week there. And I'm going to remind you guys to drive fast, shift hard, keep that rubber on the road, y'all. Have a fantastic day. I'm out. I'm out. He's out. Peace. Peace.